On this week's episode of Empower, I am joined by John Robinson, the Executive Director of Education and Youth Development for the Houston Area Urban League. We talk about all of our programs, how we continue to serve parents and youth and caregivers in the midst of the pandemic as we prepare for school. Literacy is critical. Tune in this week. Empower is a podcast presented by the Houston Area Urban League that serves to inform young professionals about the Urban League, its programs, and the various civic and social topics pertinent to the community they serve. Welcome back to the Empower podcast. This is Ray Shackleford. I'm your host, and it's presented to you each and every week by the Houston Area Urban League. And today I am joined by another special guest. We have Mr. John Robinson a longtime urban leader and longtime educator. John, how are you doing? Doing real good, Ray. It's good to see you. Yes, sir. It's been a while. It has been. It's been uh, sometimes since I've seen you in my office. Or, but I did get to see you when school was going on because we uh, worked together in a lot of my family and community engagements because you were doing the census and all of that stuff. So we got to see you then. But that's been since March, man. It's where have you been? Yeah, that's I had almost forgotten about that. Yeah, we did, we were actually going, February. Yeah, yeah, from school to school. Me, you, Franchelle, Felicia, some other team. Um, you know, talking about right, the census right. and the work that we do. Um, and obviously, yeah. we've had to make some significant shifts now. But tell, tell us, tell our listeners who you are, uh, and what your role is with the Urban League. Well, thank you. Uh, my name is John Robinson. I am the Director of Education and Youth Development for the Houston Area Urban League. I also serve as Director for Family Support Services for the Urban League. Uh, that encompasses actually working with all of our schools, uh, our family and community engagement, uh, our high school and middle school leadership programs, our ele elementary school literacy development, STEM development, uh, identity development, which is so important for our kids today. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we provide just a number of events and services, um, long-time services to try to uh, rectify many of the things that it took years to develop in our young people and our parents as well. It takes as long a time to get a lot of that out. So we've got to provide ongoing programming where we can work with them for a long period of time to make sure that they can be successful once they complete our programs. And so uh, that's what we do here at the Houston Area Urban League. Uh, we're happy to be here. Uh, we do a lot of work for Scholastic Books. I'm one of the national facilitators and keynotes for Scholastic Books. So we get to bring in a lot of books for our families uh, because of the work that I do with Scholastic. Uh, and I do a, a lot of the um, uh, implementation of solutions around the, around the country for them. So I'm able to do that here at no cost to our families here in Houston. And so um, it's, it's been a great ride for me here at the Urban League for 17, 18, 19 years. So how did you come to know the Urban League? Like what was your first introduction to the organization? <laughs> how did we um, get from there to here? I was actually a, a high school basketball coach at Challenger High School. Uh, and before I became the high school basketball coach at Challenger High School, um, I did some work at the middle school as the head coach. 
and went to church with a lady by the name of Carmen Watkins. And Carmen Watkins asked me if I would come and work for the Urban League one summer as a summer coach. And I says, well, let me check my uh, schedule and make sure that um, I have that summer open. And I did. So I came and I started working at the Urban League in a summer program. I was a summer coach uh, and they were doing uh, a grass cutting and developing young people around leadership skills. So I was the coach for that. And I actually liked it a lot. I fell in love with it actually uh, because I was able to touch more people than just that group that I was touching at the, at the school system. And so um, Carmen came back and asked me how would I like to work for the Urban League full time, but I entertained the idea of maybe coming to an interview with her and Mrs. Uh, Sylvia K. Brooks at the time. And I said, of course I would. I'll come and talk. We can always talk. And uh, before I left that interview, I told them that I would take the job. So I, uh, I came, uh, that was back in 2002, 2003. I came on board uh, as the full-time uh, Director of Education and Youth Development. And I've been here ever since, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, I didn't realize it. I mean, I knew you used to um, coach basketball, but I didn't know how you got introduced to the organization. And I definitely remember uh, Ms. Carmen, obviously Mrs. Brooks. Um, and so you, you were always involved in youth development and in the education space. And so you, now you've just brought that passion and commitment over to the Urban League and definitely- Absolutely, absolutely. Carmen and, I, Carmen and I go to church together. We've been okay. in church together uh, for 45 years together in the same church. And so uh, she's known me for a long, long time. And she actually knew what I was doing. And they didn't believe that they could get me to leave what I was doing to come here. But, um, but they did. And so uh, it's just been a wonderful uh, experience for me. Uh, I've learned as much as people say that I've helped them to learn, but the learning has been equal, and I and I've enjoyed every moment of it. I, I wouldn't change anything that I've done in the decision that I made to come to the Houston Area Urban League. Uh, I've had a national platform here uh, with the National Urban League uh, that drove me into the uh, platform with Scholastic Books, that's driven me into just a number of different national opportunities around the country. Uh, I've become one of the experts in literacy for scholastic books. And so it's, it's been a real blessing for me. And it all started for me with the Houston Area Urban League. Okay, now you, you started us off and you reminded me about, you know, the fact that we were actually physically going into the schools, doing the presentations. Right. And, you know, for people who haven't seen you do your presentations, it is definitely uh, a life, once in a lifetime type of experience. The, the energy that you bring in terms of the extra, extra read all about it. I'll uh, give you a taste of that in just a moment. <laughs> and the way that you engage with the kids. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we can't do that now. That's why we're recording this via Zoom. And so how have we continued to 
engage with the community, educate kids on literacy and parents uh, in this new COVID world? Great question. Um, and I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to be able to share uh, the Houston Area Urban League's um, literacy and learning virtual platform. Um, a couple of weeks after we shut down somewhere around March 15th or so, uh, by the end of March, we had designed and implemented our, uh, began to implement our virtual platform for the continuation of working with families and children in our schools across uh, the greater Houston area. Um, and what we've been able to do with that um, has to me been unprecedented because we never stopped providing some of the same services that we were doing face to face with hundreds and hundreds of families every night in schools, as you well know, because you were with us uh, each night uh, in the schools that I uh, am very fortunate to be able to present these uh, solutions to families so that they can go home and have what they need to support their baby's early literacy development, uh, their, uh, their uh, continuing literacy development as they age up. Uh, we've been able to go into those schools and provide these solutions. And um, so what we, we did was we just, we, we took everything at face value and said, hey, we're not gonna stop doing our program. And so I put out a virtual learning, uh, literacy and learning platform that encompassed all of the uh, programs that we were doing. And then we added a few to our series. So when you think about what we were doing uh, with our literacy program, uh, the Houston Area Urban League um, was uh, concerned about continuing instructional uh, components that had effective uh, learning solutions for parents and caregivers as well as teachers and children. So we serve everybody through a virtual platform. We continue to do read and rise, family conversations with parents and caregivers through a virtual platform. Uh, we uh, continue to do guided reading for kids uh, with helping parents understand how to do small group activities, large group activities with their kids around uh, the guided reading strategies that is designed to help kids to become independent readers, uh, digging all the way down into uh, the literacy that they're trying to read and really understand it. So, so um, <clears throat> you know, this virtual platform that we've put together uh, has real significance because of what we're trying to do. Uh, we're, we're working uh, to provide comprehensive literacy solutions to our community, our families, our schools. And so we continue to pound away at a number of solutions that we can provide virtually to families, as well as we do the 40 developmental assets uh, for families and children. We do um, the four dimensions of college readiness. Uh, these are series of learning solutions that we provide to families via virtual Zooming uh, three, four days a week. Uh, we do a, a Monday session every Monday for Spanish only speakers. And we come back and do that same session on Wednesdays for English only speakers. And then on Fridays, we do a component for the children, whether it be ID, uh, which is a great, great, great solution that I think every child in America ought to be exposed to. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on the show, but 
but we have a virtual platform uh, that we are using to continue providing services to families. It's, it's just so important for us to be able to make sure that families continue uh, to receive our services around uh, literacy development, whether it be early or sustained literacy development, because we're in the business of both. We don't only work with parents, we work with the kids as well. And so uh, we can do uh, sessions uh, using research-based solutions that we draw mostly from Scholastic because that's who we, we work with a lot. Uh, and we're able to provide those uh, solutions to the families in a virtual platform. And so we're doing that, like I said, on Mondays with Spanish only speakers. And then we do it again on Wednesdays with uh, English only speakers. And then on Fridays, we have some kind of solution that we use to work with uh, our students, whether it be early, middle school or high school, we can do all of them. And we can do them all virtually. And so uh, it's been, while the virus has not been uh, what we would hope uh, for in our lives, we've been able to continue to provide these services. As you can see behind me, uh, one of the solutions that we use uh, that I contend should be used with every age group uh, from elementary school all the way through high school, it's called ID. And one of the major factors that we need to be able to do is we need to begin to help our kids to identify themselves, making sure they know who they are so that when they walk out of our homes and go into buildings called schools or into the community or into community centers with other young people, they know who they are for themselves. They don't allow anybody else to define them or identify them, but they know who they are. And then they can become resilient because they know who they are and they can handle themselves in any setting they find themselves. And then they can begin to engage others around the same platforms and of course, finally build capacity, being ready to go into a college or into a career, which is what we're working for. We're working to get kids college ready, career ready. And reading is the key to all of that. So we're big on reading here at the Urban League and the Education Department. So one of the things that you know, we were actually one of the main organizations talking about before COVID, but it's been even further highlighted is the digital divide and kind of the challenges that that um, creates, you know, trying to serve our communities, we're talking about minorities, black and brown communities. And so what have you seen that have been, you know, some of the obstacles we've had to overcome when it comes to still reaching that population just because you know, someone that may not have the necessary devices, they may not have uh, the internet bandwidth capability, et cetera. So I'm just curious, how has that been, um, how has that looked and how have you overcome those things? Well, let me start off by saying, you know, joblessness and poverty are reasons basically behind those kinds of things. Uh, our people can't find work, uh, they're living in poverty, and we've had to uh, solicit from corporate America, people who provide funding for us. Uh, we've had to go out and try to do as much uh, willing and dealing to get devices to put in homes and actually work with the school district in providing some of those devices in homes with young people and families that we serve who the schools just didn't have enough to provide for them. So uh, we're doing uh, that kind of work as well 
to try to overcome uh, our kids not having the necessary equipment and tools to use in their homes simply because uh, their folks are, are jobless and uh, they're living in poverty. And so we take a, we, you know, we go into the schools, uh, we try to get people um, to come to our facilities. Uh, we try to provide those resources that they would need to try to keep up. Uh, one of the problems that we have, kids can't uh, catch on because they can't, they can't catch up because they can't catch on because they don't have the equipment to do the work. Many of our kids in these parvished areas, uh, if you gave them um, an iPad or a laptop, uh, you're also going to have to provide broadband access for them. So there's just so much to do in these communities. Uh, and it's just a shame that uh, because of joblessness and poverty, our kids continue to suffer year after year after year. We do what we can. We bring to the table everything that we've got here at the Urban League, and we put it into the communities uh, as far as we can go with it. Oh, and I think that was an excellent point that you made at the beginning of your response when it comes to the things that systemically have led to why our communities yes. don't have access to those things. Because, you know, those things don't get talked about enough. And I think that's why a lot of the solutions that get presented are more, are more band-aids and actually getting to the core of what the issues are. And that's like you said, that's what we do with the Urban League. We don't just address, um, you know, those things on the surface or provide Band-Aid solutions. It really is getting to the core of all those things. We're talking about housing, jobs, education, uh, skills, trainings, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, we're in an interesting time because kids are getting ready to go back to school um, in some places. Like I know, here in HISD, I think it's like six weeks away. My daughter, um, she's maybe like three, two, three weeks away. Uh, but it sounds like we have found some things that have been successful when it comes to still being able to engage those kids. Um, and so have you, have you felt like since we started this virtual uh, manner of engaging them in terms of students and parents, do you think it's still effective? Are they still continuing to progress as it relates to literacy? <clears throat> well, uh, it's different in every home. Uh, and I, while I believe kids are still making progress, there's no progress to equal face-to-face -face instruction and face-to-face uh, -face, uh, social development and emotional development ties into the buildings with all of the people there that really help uh, to motivate kids to learn even more. Uh, kids are at home now. And, and let me just tell you this. Let me, let me tell you what I really believe. I really believe that if this country, uh, if this community, if this city really has a core belief that every child deserves a chance to be great, we would make a way for them to learn no matter what the circumstances are. COVID is a horrible situation for kids in terms of learning and getting what they need face to face. But here at the Urban League, our core belief is that every single young person, black, brown, white, it doesn't make any difference. If you come into a program here at the Houston Area Urban League, our core belief is that you deserve a chance to be great. You deserve everything that we have 
to give you a chance to be great. So whether we have to do it virtually or we get to do it face to face, we give it the same energy and excitement, the same motivational uh, expressions for kids to be drawn in, to learn. You can learn via virtual uh, teaching. If you have individuals who are leading the sessions, motivated, having a passion for kids, believing that every kid deserves a chance uh, to be great and deserves a chance to learn to read, deserves a chance to actually learn. You can, kids can learn virtually, but you've got to have somebody who knows how to draw them in, hold their attention span, talk and get them talking, get them totally engaged. It's all about engagement. Get the kids engaged. Once you get them engaged and get them talking, they can learn virtually uh, over a Zoom platform just like they could if I were standing in the middle of a classroom with them. I've seen it done over the summer months uh, in the programs that we've done. We've had kids to, uh, and I'm a strong believer uh, in competition, kind of like taking all of the athletic energy that we give to kids and turn it into academic synergy. The same athletic energy we provide as uh, leaders of our communities and our schools and our, and our nonprofit uh, programs. We need to have that same kind of energy for academic synergy and get kids to believe in themselves. And so what we do here is we uh, get kids to understand uh, some concepts. We firmly believe in helping kids to understand if you don't work, you don't eat. And so we encourage kids to understand that they've got to learn to read and write and to comprehend and to critically think about what they read, write about what they read, become orators and put their voices on record. That's exciting whether I do it in person or virtually. And I assure you, we've got kids who respond to that if you have the right people. And that's the key, having the right facilitator facilitating sessions where kids are drawing as much out of it uh, virtually as they would if I were there in person. So yes, we've been able to do a really good job of continuing to provide uh, quality services, engaging services to not just children, but parents as well. No, and I'm glad you brought up the, the competitions that you've put together around academics and even uh, the presentations you've done in, in terms of rewarding the kids with the Letterman jackets uh, as a result of how they performed academically. You know, I've never seen that done anywhere else. Um, and I think it's definitely a part of the innovation and energy that you bring to the space. Um, and I'm, I'm curious for those that, you know, may not understand the importance of literacy and of reading, um, you know, why are you so, you so passionate about books and about reading? Because literally every time I see you, you have books, you're giving them out to the community. We've actually, that's something we didn't talk about. We've done uh, the community giveaways. We've been giving out books to school kids uh, over the summer. I think we started that back in like May, along with, you know, food and partnership with the food bank, the YMCA. Uh, but yeah, why should people be so, so focused about, about literacy and reading? Well, uh, thanks to the Barbara Bush Houston Literacy Foundation, uh, thanks to PNC, uh, Philip 66, uh, the National Urban League Scholastic Books, all of the people who, uh, HEB, who is a super major funder, uh, who provide us with the kind of funding we need 
to bring in thousands and thousands and thousands of books to build home libraries. My passion for that is I, first of all, in my core believe that every child deserves a chance to be able to read because I understand that reading is the key to success. When you can't read, there's not any of the other core uh, work that has to be done in schools across this country, uh, you can do them successfully. There is reading in math and science and social studies, you name it, reading is the key to training and developing young people to be successful in those core areas. And so one of the passions that we have here at the Houston Area Urban League is to not only tell people, tell parents and caregivers how to support their children's literacy element at home, but we also want to be able to give them resources to help them because so many of our parents are not working. So many of our parents are living in parvish situations and 21st century programs, and they, don't, they can't buy books. And so it's my goal every year to put at least 200,000 books into school children's hands across the greater Houston area. And those agencies that I named earlier are, are able to help us to get that done, especially with reference to the Bush Foundation, HEB. Uh, you know, they, they make sure that we have uh, the United Way, make sure that we have uh, the kind of books that we need to take into these schools as we go from school to school to support parents and uh, how to train them to support their children's literacy development at home and then giving them books to build home libraries, suggesting to those babies that their standard is going to be you read in this home because there are books everywhere. We give families enough books that they can have books in every room. We encourage them to have books in every room. When your babies go to a room and they see a book, it says to them that your mommy and your daddy expects you to become a reader. And we wanna buy into that by giving parents the numbers of books that they need to have books all over the house. So I'm passionate about uh, giving away books because I read a lot. And I know what reading has done for me. It's taken me places where I never thought I could go. And many places I've never been except through a book. And so uh, I tell people all the time, we've got this great technology now, but the weather in Houston a lot of times does not allow you to plug in your iPad, your laptop, your desktop, even your cell phone, and get the kind of juice you need in it to cut it on. But even in storms and hurricanes and, and, and coronavirus periods, we can always light a candle and read a book. So I encourage parents to continue to put books in their homes along with the new technology and the technologies that our kids put books in there as well. So when they can't get to technology, they can open a book and they can continue to read and grow thereby. I think that is a, a great message for everybody out there to continue to, you know, continue to build libraries, continue to get books because we've seen uh, definitely since the virus, there have been issues with technology, even today with us trying to record this, issues yes. with technology. And so you still need those physical tools to make sure the kids are getting what they need because literacy uh, is tied to everything. I think you articulated that very well. Now, for those people that want to try to set up um, a read and rise or participate in one of your trainings, how do they get a hold of you with somebody, a corporate funder, they hear this, how do they facilitate those things? What do they need to do? 
Well, what they need to do is, is contact us here at the Houston Area Urban League. Uh, I will give you my uh, email address. Uh, our corporate funders uh, provide the funding to us to do a lot of that, and they identify places where they want us to go. Uh, there is funding involved because we have to continue to purchase uh, the read and write supplies for families, for parents and caregivers, uh, and go in and be able to train them on how to go home and support that early literacy development and sustained literacy development. But uh, for those who would like to uh, have a conversation about how we could do a read and rise uh, family conversations program at their homes or uh, reading uh, guided reading program or uh, an ID program or uh, an on the record program, different solutions, the age groups. Uh, you can contact me at J Robinson. That's J, the letter J, R O B I N S O N. J Robinson at H A U L dot O R G. J Robinson at Hall dot org. Or you can call me at 281 220 6012. That's here at the Houston Area Urban League uh, Education and Youth Development Office at 5260 Griggs Road in Houston, Texas. We are here. We've worked through the, uh, the coronavirus period. We've not shut down. We're here every day providing services via virtual uh, platforms and uh, people swing by and we'll walk out and put books in their trunks so that they can continue to get books. We're still doing the work uh, that we've been doing uh, since the start of the school year 2019-2020. And we'll continue to do that work through the 2020-21 school year. We're here to serve uh, and we want you to call us and we want to provide these services to you. We want to put you on the screen and we can do uh, Zoom sessions into churches. We can do them into uh, agencies. You name it, we can do it. Uh, we have the ability to Zoom into uh, anywhere and do these, uh, these solution platform programs and we're ready, willing, and able to get it done. John, I have two questions for you before I let you go. Uh, you can answer them however you like, but two of the things we've been trying to push people uh, each and every episode is to complete their census. You know, the deadline just shifted, but also making sure that they're registered to vote. You know, why uh, to you in a, in a sentence, a word, like I said, however you want to communicate that, why are those two things important to you? Well, you know, believe it or not, they, they have equal rank with me uh, because number one, voting is our voice. And when you don't put your voice on record, nobody knows what you think, where you stand. Uh, we teach kids uh, in the ID program uh, to put their voices on record because their voices are important. Uh, we talk about the same concept when we look at the census, the purpose, uh, uh, the census is so important is because so many of these underserved schools uh, and these kids who are living in these parvished areas, when you don't complete the census, you don't get the count to a point where the federal government sends us the numbers of dollars that we need and we deserve to be able to buy these books for these kids, to be able to educate these kids on an equal playing field. And even when we get these census dollars correct, we're still 
not getting the kind of money that we need to educate our kids. So just think about it. When folks are not completing the census, how much less we get to do the work that's needed to do to get our kids to be able to define themselves, to be able to identify themselves amongst a world uh, that is just, well, we all know what it is right now. So when you talk about the census, when you talk about voting, uh, they have equal rank in my mind. Uh, They're the most precious, especially with voting, one of the most precious rights that we have that our people have died for so that we might have a to vote. And when we don't vote, we don't put our voice on record. We have a lot of people talking about what we should be able to uh, have a right to do. It's Well, if you would go and vote, we could get that done. So voting and uh, the census are two of the most important uh, rights that we have uh, and opportunities that we have to put our voices on record. We appreciate you, John. And for people that want to complete the census right now, you can go to my2020census.gov. It takes less than five minutes. There's nothing more impactful that you can do in that amount of time that will bring back hundreds of billions of dollars back to our community. Uh, if you're not registered to vote, you can get more information uh, from the state secretary's office. Uh, you can Google that or also go to harrisvotes.com if you're already registered to start to make that plan to vote looking at your ballot, who's going to be on there, polling places, et cetera. You know, we don't tell you who to vote for. We want to make sure that you are registered, you're engaged in the process, and we will be doing a number of different voter registration drives. Actually already started, but continue to do those all the way up until uh, October the 3rd, the cutoff to vote in the general election. So we thank you guys for tuning in this week. And John, thank you for your time. All right. To learn more about how the Houston Area Urban League is impacting the community and ways you can get involved, visit us online at haul.org, follow us on Twitter at HOU Urban League, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or whichever podcasting platform you enjoy. Thanks for listening to Empower, presented by the Houston Area Urban League.